Last week, our esteemed senior pastor spoke to us primarily from Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth. The first two verses of that chapter says, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with elegance or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I confess to you this morning that I too do not come with eloquence or superior wisdom because I have neither. I do, however, know about the love of God and the great sacrifice of his son Jesus, our Savior. I can see God's love weave through the verses in chapter 1 of Genesis as he created the world and created Adam and Eve. He created Eve to be with Adam because he could see it was not good for man to be alone. You know, I don't think it's good for any of us to be alone. I think we're a, we're a social people and we need to be around each other, to have contact with each other, to support each other in our life. From this came the institution of the family. Now, I am fortunate enough in my life to have brothers and sisters whom I dearly love, and I know that a lot of you have brothers and sisters that you love. There are so many family members who are estranged from each other. There, I've come across people in my life who had something against a brother or sister, and when I sat down to talk to find out what the argument had been about, what caused them to separate from their family, they couldn't even remember. How can you not remember something that would keep you from loving a family member? And sometimes I wonder how we, as a church, can say and do some of the things we do to each other. We should be here to love each other. We have our church family to share the love of God. And <clears throat> there are so many signs in this world of God's love for us. Very soon, these beautiful mountains, which I dearly love, will display the, the beauty and nature of the colors of the changing of the leaves and the beginning of a new season. Few things on earth are as amazing as fall. After the passing of winter, we'll see a new beginning as life springs forth, the changing of the seasons, a new growth. You know, when I served in Southeast Asia, one of the things that I missed the most was seeing the changing of the seasons, the colors of the leaves, the beauty of the spring. All they had there was hot or dry. It was one or the other, wet or dry. We've all had a new birth when we accepted the offer of Jesus to come to God. We were, in fact, born again. We are born again Christians. A lot of people look down on the Baptists because they say we act as though we have the only way to get to heaven. Well, duh. <laughs> is there another way? I don't know of any other way. Christ Jesus is the only way, and we preach and teach that. God shows his love for us in the healing of our infirmities. Just last year, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. God chose to heal that condition in me, just as he has done for many of you. I know a lot of you have suffered cancer in your life, and you've been healed just as I was. And those who are not healed on earth will surely be healed when they enter into the kingdom of God. If you want to hear about a healing miracle, talk to Greg Dillon. He's sitting right here with us today. About two years ago, he suffered a heart attack while he was on a trip away from home. Had to have open heart surgery. It was a, a hard time for him and his family. But God healed him. 
and brought him back home safely. And then, just a few weeks, just a few months ago, while exercising at a local gym, his heart stopped beating. Now folks, I know none of you may not have a medical background, but when your heart stops beating, you're dead. That's it, when your heart quits, you're gone. And that's what happened to Greg, his heart stopped. Now, there were medics there very quickly. They had an AED on site, and they medevac him to Roanoke. Now, all those things help to bring him back to life. But listen, folks, let me tell you this morning. God has the healing power. It is God who heals, not we ourselves, not the medics, not the great doctors. God has done amazing things to doctors in medicine. But God is the ultimate healer and always will be. During his earthly ministry, Jesus himself demonstrated and commanded so much of God's love to us through his miracles and great teaching. Now here, in the teaching and preaching of Jesus, you will find true relevance and far superior knowledge of anything that we have on earth. I've always been moved by the personal touch of Jesus and many of his healing miracles. Again, we are a social people and need to be around each other. And, and I think we need the human touch. We need the, uh, the shaking of the hand to speak to someone. We need some people to be around us and close to us and know that we care. Look at the eighth chapter in Matthew, verses one through three. When Jesus come down from the mountains, large crowds followed him. You know from reading scripture that when Jesus appeared, there's always large crowds around him. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. He touched him. He touched the leper. You know, when Jesus touched this leper, his disciples probably thought, Lord, what are you doing? If you touch that leper, you're going to contact leprosy and then infect all of us. You can't touch a leper. What are you thinking, Lord? But he touched him. When a leper saw anyone approaching him on the road, he had to stand aside and loudly proclaim, unclean, unclean. No one could be around the leper. You couldn't touch a leper. He wasn't, around to be, wasn't allowed to be around anyone else, even his own family. You see, the leper had to stay in these colonies and they couldn't go back to their families. Um, he, he couldn't live with his family or have personal contact with anyone. He simply did not touch a leper. But Jesus touched him and he touched you and he touched me or you wouldn't be here today. He touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that filled my soul. Something happened and I know he touched me and he made me whole. I was gonna sing that for you this morning, but aren't you glad I decided not to? <laughs> Valerie was saying all of us can sing. I can sing, but I can't sing in tune. I can carry a tune, I just have trouble unloading it. That's my problem. We, we do a prison ministry and folks say that I must have learned to sing while I was in prison because I'm always behind a few bars and searching for the key. <laughs> That's how it is when I sing. 
further on in chapter 9 in Matthew, you'll find that Jesus healed two blind men as he touched their eyes and said, It shall be done to you according to your faith. And he touched them. Just prior to that, he had raised a little girl from the dead as he took her by the hand. Jesus went in and took the little girl who was dead by the hand and raised her from the dead. He touched her. Again, it's the touch. It's the great healing power of our Lord and Savior. But you see, we too long for touch in each other's lives. We need to touch other people and tell them about what God has done for us. You know, I've said before that, that the gospel is simply one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. We found a bread of life in Christ. We need to tell the other beggars who are lost without Christ where we found bread. In the 17th chapter of Luke, the story of Jesus healing the 10 lepers is recorded. Sadly, in those verses, only one out of 10 returned to thank him for the healing. One in 10 thanked him. Do we fail to give glory to God in our lives? When we are healed of something, do we give credit to the medical community? Do we give credit to the medicine, to the doctors? Or do we give credit to God where it belongs? Do we always give thanks for our daily bread? You know, I'm encouraged as Deborah and I travel that in restaurants when we go to eat, we often see families praying before they have their meal. Um, it's encouraging to see that happening uh, across our U.S. Um, more and more people bowing in public places to give thanks. I believe that God has touched Rocky Mount Baptist Church. I, I, I felt the Holy Spirit in all the music this morning. The Holy Spirit of God really touched me, and, and I know that he is here. We have so many good things going on here, but we need to always, and in all ways, be in prayer. Don't you know that Satan will do everything in his power to keep us from glorifying God? Every time we step out to plant a, sing, a single seed in the name of God, Satan will do all he can to destroy it before it ever flourishes. And I hate to tell you, but a lot of ways that he works is through us criticizing each other. As the song says this morning, if you came to criticize, that's your business. I come to praise the Lord. I like that song too, but I sure thank you. He'll use every neg negativity that he can find to reign on our parade. If you want a better pastor in this church, pray for the one you have. Pray for Pastor David and his efforts here. Pray that the Lord will give him strength and the courage to keep on. I, I, I'm sad to say that, that I think that he's been unduly criticized from time to time. We need to support our pastor and pray for him. If you want these programs and his efforts to, to succeed, Support them. Pray for them. Don't criticize them. There'll always be someone to say, oh, that won't work. Yeah, we tried that years ago, and people just didn't like it. That won't work. You can forget trying to do that. You'll always find a lot of that. That's not what we need as a church. We need to be positive in our efforts. If you don't particularly like something we're doing, then don't get involved. But please don't criticize it. Don't go home and say, Oh, yeah, they're doing that. I ain't going back there on Sunday because they did that on Sunday. You know, if you, if you like what's being done, then get involved. 
And if you don't like what's being done, pray for it. Pray for us. Pray for those who are trying to reach others for the Lord. You know, Scripture promises that God's word never returns void. So no matter what it is we're trying to do, no matter what program we're trying to get on board, no matter what we seek to get out to the public, as long as we are doing it for the glory of God, it will not come back void. If it is, if it is of God, it will fly. If it is not, it will die. Simple as that. God will see his will done on earth. He'll see it done through our church. If we fail to do that, some other church will enjoy the benefit and reap the glory. Um, you can't light someone else's candle if your candle is not lit. If you are prone to say negative things and criticize, you're not helping anyone. You're not lighting anybody's candle. You know what happens if you have four people in a rowboat and two of them are rowing in different directions? You simply don't get anywhere, do you? Why, you start going around in circles. And we don't need to go in circles. The world does enough of that. <coughs> to love our neighbor as ourselves is a commandment, not a suggestion. Jesus didn't suggest that we love our neighbor. He commanded that we love our neighbor. Now, I know a lot of you sitting there saying, oh, I got a neighbor, I'll never love that guy. Oh, that old son of a gun, I ain't going to even speak to him. Listen, you're sitting beside your neighbor. Your neighbors are in church this morning. Your neighbors are your Christian friends. Your neighbors are anyone that you come across that you have the opportunity to help. So be helpful in your life. Do what you can to help others. In Mark 12, 28 and following, a scribe asked Jesus, what commandment is foremost of all? And Jesus answered, saying, The foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the word of our God is our Lord, and you shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Commandment. Jesus said there's no other commandment greater than this. We are commanded to love our neighbors as ourselves. So if we're to love our neighbors as ourselves, should we not show even greater love to our fellow Christians in our church family? Shouldn't we be closer to each other than we are to the folks on the street? We should love everybody, but especially our church family, our neighbors. Listen, folks, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't call you a brother or sister weekly or just to say repeat a phrase I call you brothers and sisters because you are my brothers and sisters we're brothers and sisters in Christ but all too often we don't act like it we act like we're all stepchildren of somebody else sometimes let me leave you with this thought about service and fellowship <clears throat> now I told you before that when a pastor says in closing or let me leave you with this it don't mean he's about to finish it means he's got another sermon before you Jesus loved being around people. Have you recognized that in reading the New Testament? He loved being around people. And everywhere he went, there were huge crowds. Um, you remember that he, he ate with sinners and tax collectors. I don't think I want to have dinner with the IRS, but that's what the Lord tells me. He calls Zacchaeus down from a tree to go to his house and spend the night. And his last meal with his disciples, the Passover meal, 
where our most devoted sacrament was instituted, our communion, which will never be forgotten. Sometimes, though, we forget the passage in John chapter 13 and verse 5 and following. Speaking of Jesus, then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the feet of his disciples and to wipe them with the towel which was girded about him. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. In those days, it was customary when you entered someone's house, if you were traveling, you would be invited in and they would have the lowest servant in the house to wash your feet. This was a job for the lowest man on the totem pole, so to speak. The very lowest servant would come and wash your feet. There was no servants in the upper room that evening, so the disciples were most probably really taken aback when Jesus himself wrapped the towel around his waist and called them one by one to wash their feet. You see, they wore sandals in those days and their feet were always dusty and dirty. It wasn't a matter of just wiping their feet. Jesus washed their feet. You'll not find a better example of why we should serve one another than this. It's also an example of why we should commune together, why we should fellowship together. You see, we have a very sound reason for these potluck dinners that we have. There's a calling for that, you see. Um, we should continue to serve together and commune together at every opportunity. Our Wednesday night meals, our Sunday gathering, they're very important to us and very important to our Christian life. It's important that we show our love for each other by being together, by fellowshipping together, by meeting together. And in the words of Jesus in John 13, verse 14, if I then, the Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. The foot washing ceremony is a symbol of why we should serve each other, not that we should wash each other's feet, although the brethren still do that quite a bit. Jesus is telling us here that we should be good to each other love each other, to do what we can to help each other, even bowing to wash our neighbor's feet, if that be necessary. Again, I urge you to support our church, support our pastor as we continue in a church family in love and prayer for each other. We need each other, and the Lord needs us to spread the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? There is a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. Lord, we are grateful for your many blessings. We pray, Lord, that we will be kind to one another as we are commanded to do, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, it's difficult for us to do that at times. But we know through faith in you, through the strength of the Holy Spirit, through the power of God, we can do all things. But apart from you, Lord, we can do nothing. I pray now, Lord, if there be someone in our congregation this day who has not accepted you as their Savior, who has not come to grips with the Lord and been born again, that they look now 
are the only way to heaven with acceptance of Jesus Christ. We ask you, Lord, to bless us and keep us in your care. Give us the strength, the faith, and the hope, and the courage to continue to spread the gospel of Christ in Franklin County and throughout the world as we have the opportunity. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.